take a hymn book, turn to page number 391. Page number 391, Trust and Obey. We'll sing the first, second, and the last. Page 391. When we walk. Let's turn to page number 658, Heavenly Sunlight. We'll sing the first and the last, page number 658. On the first, walking in sunlight all of my journey.
good singing. Thank you, Brother French, and I appreciate him filling in for Brother Stanley. Uh, our youth group is gone tonight. That's why there's such a good spirit in the service, but they're uh, out on a trip, and a lot of our staff, school staff, is with them, and uh, so you pray for them the next few days while they're away, uh, but I do appreciate Brother French uh, filling in. It's better him than me uh, filling in, and it's certainly better him than Brother Fox or Brother Cruz, and so, uh, but uh, it is good to see you in church tonight, and we're glad to have you. It's good to have a group from North Carolina, Pastor Swatko and the Bible Baptist Church, and uh, they are here looking at the uh, college today, and so I appreciate them being in the service tonight, and uh, and I trust that uh, you'll get a chance to speak to them, and uh, we look forward to a good Bible study this evening, and a couple things for you to pray for. Uh, Miss Yvonne Taylor's niece passed away today, so pray for the family, and then Brother Charlie Replogle's father uh, went home to be with the Lord Monday night, and so uh, pray for them and the family, and uh, certainly want to keep them uh, in prayer. And I remind us again, it's, it's, a, it's one of the wonderful privileges of having a church family and uh, being able to pray for one another and somebody in that circumstance, uh, but certainly at some point in time, we're all going to be in need of prayer, and so let's take advantage of that opportunity certainly pray for these families during this time and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. I want God to work in my heart tonight. I don't ever want to waste an opportunity to be in church. I know it's the week before Thanksgiving. It's been dark for four hours so far, and, and you're coming straight from work, and I know we're in that Thanksgiving mode, and, and some people are already getting ready to leave town for the holidays, but let's look forward to what the Lord has for us tonight as we as we look into the Word of God. <clears throat> let's ask the Lord uh, to bless our, our service this evening. Father, we uh, thank you for an opportunity to be in church. We thank you for your Word, and Father, I pray tonight that it would uh, speak to us. May the Spirit of God instruct us this evening. I pray that you'll be with uh, the group traveling today. I pray that you would uh, give them safety uh, while they're away, help them to enjoy their trip, bring them safely back home. And Father, we certainly ask for prayer for these two uh, families. And Father, <clears throat> I pray that your comfort uh, would be real. And Father, we certainly, in situations like this, we certainly rejoice uh, in the reality of heaven. And Father, I pray that you would just continue to comfort during this time. Uh, meet with us this evening. May we be uh, better prepared to serve you because of what takes place tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, let's take our hymn books out, turn to page number 656, Sunlight, we'll sing the first and the last verse, page 656. On the first, I wandered in the shades of night till Jesus came to me, and with the sunlight of his love bid all my darkness flee. Sunlight, sunlight in my soul today. shall see him as he is the light that came to me behold the brightness of his face throughout eternity sunlight sunlight in my soul today sunlight sunlight all along the way since the savior found me took away my sin i have had the sunlight of his love 
Several things to remind you of scheduled for the uh, remainder of the week. Uh, tomorrow evening is an opportunity for a soul winning visitation and then Saturday morning, uh, reflecting back on some of the things we talked about this past Sunday evening and getting the, the year finished out strong and some of the adjustments we're making and getting ready to get uh, everything back up in spite of our space problems. And so I'm saying all that to say that on Saturday morning, our soul winning rally is going to be in the auditorium and uh, we have suspended uh, the music practices that are on Saturday morning for, for the foreseeable future and we're going to uh, clear the schedule so that we can finish out this year and, and get as many people out as possible and so be here at 9 30 uh, whether you're in the bus ministry whether you're going to knock doors whether you're visiting for Sunday school class be in here on 9 30 this coming uh, Saturday morning I'm going to take a few minutes and teach just a little bit on how to get your convert to make a profession of faith and get them to church and make a profession of faith. So it's going to be a beneficial time for us uh, because we want to win, continue to win people to Christ. We want to continue to have visitors in church. We want them to continue to grow. And so I'll look forward to Saturday morning, you being here. Uh, if you're able to be here at 930 <clears throat> this coming Saturday morning. And then our services on Sunday, of course, our 9 a.m. breakfast fellowship in the tent. I remind you of that. And then Sunday school starts at 930. We'll be continuing in our series on stewardship right on through the end of the year, and I'm excited about this Sunday in our Sunday school because uh, we are restarting two Sunday school classes. The deaf adults will be starting their Sunday school class back, and the college and career will be starting their Sunday school class, and those Sunday school classes will also uh, be in the tent at 930. <clears throat> of course, the children and teens will be in their department, uh, and everybody else will be in here with me, and so uh, we look forward to over the next several weeks getting some of these classes back in their own space and getting started up. And so you pray for that and be excited about uh, the opportunity to uh, serve the Lord and continue to learn. And then our service on Sunday morning, of course, at 1045, and then our Sunday evening service at 6. And so I want to encourage you to be here on Sunday, be in your place. I know Thanksgiving is the following week, uh, and many will be traveling, but let's be faithful to the things of the Lord. Sunday night uh, after the Sunday evening service is our annual Pumpkin Pie Fellowship. Uh, now, last year, we were not able to have our pumpkin pie fellowship uh, because of all the different uh, things with COVID and all the different people that were sick. And so I've just decided that I'm just going to make up for it this year. And uh, so I just have to eat enough for last year's pumpkin pie fellowship and this year's pumpkin pie fellowship. And uh, all in favor of that? you gluttons i tell you it's it's uh uh but sunday night after the service uh we'll have our pumpkin pie fellowship and there will be a couple other selections um and uh, coffee and and soft drinks and all those things and so we'll have a good time of fellowship sunday evening after the service i remind you next week our normal uh, midweek service on wednesday night as we've been doing it for many many years that is going to be on tuesday night so our midweek service next week is a Tuesday night midweek service, uh, and so that make make sure that you make that adjustment, make that change uh, for next week, and then of course the Thanksgiving holiday next week, and then we get right into uh, the last week of November, and then right into December, and of course that is the final month of the year next month, and so we want to finish everything strong, and we want to be the Lord's given us such a good year this year, and it has blessed us in so many ways, and so uh, let me encourage you to continue to be. 
uh, faithful right on through the end of the year. Let's keep track of our uh, giving as I reminded you and urged you this coming Sunday night as we vote to move forward in the purchase of the daycare that's next to our Christian school. Uh, that is much of your uh, commitment that you made for the God with us. If you can get as much as that in, I know we spread that out over three years, but if you can get more of that in, go ahead and so we can get that down payment down and get that all secured and get that ministry <coughs> heading in the way that we want it to be going. And so, uh, but it's exciting, exciting times. There's a lot of things that we look at in this world and, and can get frustrated about. But when the world, it, things are going bad for the world, it's the best opportunity for the church to move forward and to thrive. And so I want us to make sure that we're ready to take advantage of that. Uh, during the Thanksgiving holidays, one of the Christmas holidays, we, the schedule is a little bit slower. We want to take time to be with our family. Uh, and maybe you don't want to, if you don't want to be with your family, just come down here. I'll put you, I'll, I'll give you something to do. Uh, but we want to finish strong uh, in 2021, getting into, I'm as far as I'm not going to take him back. So, I mean, you're stuck with it. But uh, uh, look forward to 2022 and all that the Lord has for us. And so let's continue to be faithful uh, right on through the end of the year. Grab your hymn book again. Uh, we'll sing once again. Brother French, come lead us. Let's all stand. Turn to page number 113. Rock of Ages. We'll sing the first, second, and the third. Rock of Ages, page 113. Rock of Ages. Preparing to give, let me remind you to keep praying for Miss Lauren Blanton. With we've been praying for her eye, there is some improvement there, and so I want you to continue to pray uh, that the Lord would just continue to work in that situation. Let me also remind you the prayer list uh, is in the foyer if you have not already received it in email or through the app. Uh, but do pick up that prayer list and let's make sure we're praying for one another and I encourage you to do that once again. Let's pray for the offering. Father, thank you for uh, the means to give, the ability to give. And uh, Father, I pray that we'll just continue to give uh, faithfully. And Father, you have blessed us uh, beyond measure. And Father, what this year has been such a great example of when we give by faith, you just continue to uh, expound our means and, and bless. And Father, I pray that you'll continue to meet the needs of your people. Bless the offering. May it uh, bring honor and glory to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I am making preparations for a trip beyond the sky to a holy city in a far off better land. I have made my reservations for a new home up on high on the doorstep of my mansion. Some morning I shall stand. Some morning I shall stand in the hallelujah chorus when the saints of God come gathering in. And I'll sing praises to the Lamb with my loved ones gone before us on heaven's bright and golden strand. Some morning I shall stand. Someday this earthly vessel will return to earthly clay, but I'm gonna rise up from the dust on resurrection day. I will fly away to heaven over to that glory land and face to face with Jesus some morning I shall stand. Some morning I shall stand in the hallelujah chorus when the saints of God come gathering in. And I'll sing praises to the Lamb with my loved ones gone before us on heaven's bright and golden strand. Some morning I shall stand. Some morning Some I shall morning stand. I shall join that happy chorus when the saints of God, of God come, gathering come gathering in. And I'll sing praises, praises to the Lamb with my loved ones gone before, ones gone before us. us on heaven's bright and golden strand. Some morning Thank you, ladies. The book of 1 Corinthians tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. It is good to be in church tonight. I trust that uh, you think it's good to be in church tonight. Uh, but I look, always look forward to, uh, certainly Sunday is a wonderful day, and this past Sunday was no different, uh, but I always look forward to the, the midweek Bible study and uh, seeing each one of you, uh, most of you anyway, seeing you and uh, look forward. Okay, I throw all these little jokes out to see if you're awake, and so far you're not. Um, so, uh, but uh, we'll look forward to what the Lord has for us tonight. Tonight is a, I want to, I want to teach on a, a very important principle uh, that will be a help to us, good reminder for us. Um, I don't know about, I mean, I mean just, let me just ask you, does anybody ever get frustrated? Okay, that's the best, that wasn't even a joke, and y'all were laughing at, laughing at that one, uh, because we all get frustrated. I've found in my life, uh, and, and perhaps it's true in yours, I think it would be, uh, that a lot of times our frustration comes when we don't see things through a scriptural way. And we don't stop to say, how does, how does God look at this? Or how should I look at this? There's some things we get frustrated by, but if we submitted ourselves to the scripture, we wouldn't get frustrated. Or we looked at it from God's viewpoint, we would not get frustrated. Tonight is one of those studies I want to look at, one of these verses of Scripture I want to look at, that I think if we keep things in context 
as we serve in ministry, as we want to run our race, and I want to be running my race when the Lord calls me home. I want to be faithful all the way to the end. I don't want to fall by the wayside. As Paul writes, I don't want to be a castaway. I want to serve my Savior with every day that I have. I trust that's what you want. And so tonight is one of those, uh, it's going to be a study that I think will help us in our race to continue to do what it is that God would have for us to do with this life that He's given us. We're going to read one verse of Scripture tonight, and then I'm going to refer to several others. And so if you want to uh, jot these references down, you can. But look at me at verse number 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. I'll read the last verse of chapter number 15, and then uh, we'll have a word of prayer and get into the Bible study tonight. Therefore... My beloved brethren, uh, as Paul writes to his beloved brethren, may we be reminded uh, that those we're saved, we're beloved brethren. And it's good for us to be reminded uh, that we are brethren and our brethren should be beloved. That's not the Bible study, and I just sucked the wind out of the room. We're talking about loving your neighbor. But anyway, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to speak on this verse this evening and the title of my Bible study. I'll give you the title, then we're going to pray, and then then I'll get into it. It'll make sense to you as we get into it. But I want to speak tonight on uh, keep sowing, just keep sowing as we continue in our life. Let's ask the Lord. Father, I pray that you would uh, use the Bible study tonight. I pray that you use your word. And Father, I pray that your people be helped tonight. Uh, may tonight's study, as we take these principles and we apply them to our life, uh, may it keep us faithful. Uh, may we uh, continue to press forward for you. And Father, may it be true of every one of us this evening that uh, we will be found faithful. Father, I pray, use your word tonight in our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is a, is a fairly well-known verse. It's a great verse. It is a, if you want to call this, this an aspiring verse, there's a challenge in there. Uh, it is easy to see. Here's something that I, I should be doing. But I want to put it in context this evening as uh, we look at verse number 58. Often, uh, with this verse, as I did this evening, I read just this verse of Scripture. Uh, and often, this verse is separated because it is a verse that we want to use to remind us of some things. It's a challenge for us. But if you notice verse 58, that first word is therefore. That refers back to the preceding verses. And what wonderful verses are found in 1 Corinthians 15. I draw your attention uh, to verse 54 and verse 55 and verse 56 and talking about the corruptible shall put on incorruption and mortal shall put on immortality and how those of us who are saved, death has no sting. Death is not final. We have eternal life. And friend, the rapture is a real thing. The second coming is a real, it, it is going to happen. And just as we celebrate his first coming, and as real as that is, that took place. The second coming is going to be just as real. It is going to take place. But we as a child of God don't have to fear death. 
We don't have to fear the grave because the Lord Jesus Christ conquered death. He conquered the grave. So for a child of God, it is just the, 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 the vehicle, if you will. It's just the portal we pass through to get from this side of eternity to eternity. Get from this side with corruption to incorruption. Get from things that are going to pass away on this side to that which will never pass away. And Paul writes, and he clarifies a lot of things concerning death and the resurrection. Obviously, there were some who denied that. There were some who were confused by that. He clarifies these things and reminds us, and I love verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that verse is not talking about an athlete on a football field saying, I want to thank God for giving me the victory. Uh, This is talking about victory over death, victory over corruption, victory over sin. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ. These are promises made to us, and often, I can't tell you how many times at a funeral service or at a graveside, I have referred to verses, these these very verses, to remind us that, that we don't have to fear death. Because of all of that, or therefore. Now, here's some things that we must consider. Why? Because we don't have to fear death. Because we have eternal life. Because Jesus gave us victory in His finished work. Therefore, now it's important that we pay attention. Because death is not final. What do, we, what do we need to be doing? Because there is an eternity, what should we be considering? There's too many in this life who don't know the Lord. They live everything for that date of death. But for the child of God, we should be living every day for that which is beyond that day of death. Because that death is not final. And we ought to be living in a way reflecting on the fact that Jesus paid that price. This corruptible is going to put on incorruptible. Uh, This body that betrays us and breaks down and has all these problems, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just get a little bit older and you'll understand. One day, putting on incorruptible. Why is all of that? Because... We have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't my message tonight, but I think we need to be reminded from time to time, uh, if we have victory and we do, we ought to act like we win. But let me say it this way, we ought to act like we've won. Uh, we don't, we, I, I'm looking forward to celebrating, celebrating heaven one day, and, 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 and I, I just decided a long time ago, oh, I wanted to enjoy heaven, and we reflect on how wonderful heaven is, and there's nothing wrong with this, and what heaven is going to be wonderful, but I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to enjoy being saved. We not only win, we've won because of victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is not a motivational speech. It is because you have victory. Therefore, this is what you need to be doing. Because you've already won, therefore, this is the action you must take. 
brethren, be ye steadfast. Well, I just, it's just so difficult. We have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Unmovable. Well, I tell you, we need some unmovable Christians. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. Notice these last three words. In the Lord. We're going to break this verse down this evening. We're going to refer to some other scripture. But I want to start with the last three words of this verse, the last three words of this chapter, in the Lord. What Paul is referencing is certainly serving the Lord with our life, but the work that we do. If you think back to all the different Wednesday nights to the last few years, if we have, as we have uh, taught on the, the armor of God and the ministry companions and, and, and the uh, keeping the faith and, and, and referencing Paul's last words, and Paul was not talking about just knowing, but all of Paul's writings is about us doing. And we should, oh, Jesus is coming back, so we should just be sitting away. No, we're supposed to be doing until he returns. So in the Lord, if I can put it this way, it is the work that we do. It's the actions that we take. It's the seed that we sow. It's interesting that if you read some biographies and some accounts of missionaries of generations gone by, there are missionaries that you can point to that sowed seed but never saw a harvest. Somebody came behind them and saw a harvest from the seed that they sowed. It's in, What is that? It is us doing what we need to be doing. It is human nature to allow results to determine actions. Quite frankly, there are too many Christians, there are too many preachers, there are too many churches that are taking a poll in this world and deciding what they ought to be doing. Or they're basing what the direction they go as a child of God, they're basing where they go to church as a family, uh, based on what they feel is the desired result. Now friend, if you do things God's way, God is going to bless that. But whether He does or not, if He says do it a certain way, we're supposed to do it that way. My responsibility is not to produce a certain result. My responsibility is to be living my life pleasing the Lord, laboring in vain in the Lord, sowing so that I can reap. I reference you to the law of sowing and reaping. I reference you to 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 and We'll read it in its entirety in just a little bit. But you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You, you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And if I can use the analogy to begin this evening of a, a farmer who plants his crops, he seeks to reap the harvest at the end of the season. When he plants, he plants with no guarantee that he will reap based on what he has planted. He does not know the things that may take place. There may be a flood or there may be a drought. Some disease or infestation of insects may destroy much of his crop. 
But can you imagine a farmer sitting around saying, well, a flood may come, so it's just to be a waste of my time if I go plant my crops. But there's a lot of Christians, quite frankly, who are thinking about what might come or what might happen. So instead of sowing seed in the Lord, they are just sitting back saying, well, it's probably not going to have any effect anyway. Friend, we are commanded to live our life in the Lord And that means sowing the seed. That farmer has no guarantees. He plants by faith and with the hope that he will reap a bountiful harvest. If the last year he had a bad harvest, he can't afford to get discouraged and not plant this year. Well, it's just not fair. He does the same thing year after year, never knowing for for certain the results. Now, as we sow, we sow the gospel. Isn't it fun sowing and reaping? But we don't always reap when we sow. But there is a law of sowing and reaping. So we are to sow. We sow kindness. We sow love. And part of our sowing is we invest in our own children, in our own homes. We invest in the lives of others. We invest in those around us. You don't always see the results, and and parents, let me help you, especially those that have young children. You you don't do what a parent's supposed to do and and expect those results all the time and say, well, something's not working. No, you consistently do what God says to do. You consistently do what you're supposed to do with your children. Well, I've been taking them to church since they were born and they're six years old and they still don't behave. It's going to get worse than that. They may be 15 and still not behaving, but that doesn't mean that it's not working. Your responsibility is to sow, is to invest, is to do what you're supposed to do. We sow in prayer. I mean, we can take time this evening, and we don't have time to take testimony of Christians who have prayed for not months, not not, not for years, but for decades... And God finally answers a prayer, or God still hasn't answered the prayer. You're not wasting your time praying. You're sowing. Now, because I don't have to fear death. Are you with me tonight? Because I don't have to fear that there's no sting with that death. I know that the moment I take my last breath on this side of eternity, I'm in the presence of my Savior. I just, I just got an incorruptible body now. I, I'm in perfection. I'm on the other side with my Lord. There's not, this is as bad as it gets for the child of God. Therefore, I'm going to keep sowing. I want to keep doing what I'm supposed to keep doing. Now, I might I make a few statements, and I'm, then we'll get into this scripture. So we tend to put the emphasis on reaping, while in reality it should be on sowing. I'm like you. I get frustrated because I want to see some fruit. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, New Year's is coming, and so everybody will be on a diet. It's January 2nd, we stand in front of the mirror. I just don't seem to be working. I'll try again next year. Well, we want results. We go knock on some, we go soul winning. We, we, want, we want results. We pray and we want results. But in reality, and we go say, I'm going to go and I'm going to get someone today. And I've said that, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. But in reality, I'll be focused on sowing. We tend to put the emphasis on reaping when it ought to be on sowing. Parents continue to sow. 
You reap when they leave your home and they've got the foundation. But you sow. It's not fun sowing, is it? It's fun reaping. And again, you can probably look at me and tell, I'm not a farmer, nor have I ever been or desired to be one. But I can imagine that sowing is not the fun part. It's the reaping. Now, we put the emphasis on reaping. Well, it ought to be on sowing. You You have to put in the work. You have to be willing to do what you're supposed to do. Yes, we ought to keep our eyes and our focus on heaven, but that does not mean we just sit back and wait on Jesus to come. We're supposed to be working so that we can abound in the Lord. I want to reap, therefore I must sow. Now, the emphasis ought to be on sowing and not reaping, but I do want to reap. I'm going to confess that to you. If you haven't figured out about your pastor, I want fruit. I want to reap. I, I, I want things to, I want the Lord to bless and things to take place. So therefore, I want to reap, so I have to sow. If I, if I want to see the Lord do some things, then I have to sow. You can't have answered prayers if you don't pray. You have to sow in prayer to have the answered prayer. So I want to reap, therefore I must sow. You don't, you don't say, hey, I won somebody to Christ, if you're not telling anybody about the Lord. Statement number three, by way of introduction, if we want to reap more, we must sow more. I know this is deep. You might want to have to write that down so you can remember. If we want to reap more, we have to sow more. If you want more prayers answered, pray more. If you want greater results in your Sunday school class, you've got to put in more, more into it. If we as a church collectively want God to continue to grow us and grow us and grow us, we don't need to come up with new programs so that we can reap. We just need to sow with the seed that we have. I know this is basic and simple, but if we're not careful, we get away from it. Because it's like in this world of social media, everybody shows the best. Everybody shows, well, having a wonderful day today in the Lord. They're not posting the reality of the bad day. The same is true in the Christian life and ministry. But we, we can't get away from the fact that if I want to reap, I must sow. I must continue in the Lord. Now, let's, with this as our introduction... Let's look more specifically at this verse. So we've established that if we're going to be in the Lord, we have to continue to work, we have to continue to do, we have to continue to sow, we have to continue to invest in the work of God. And that's why if you look at your, if you look at your Christian life and you don't have any fruit, it's simple. You have to sow. And you may say, Pastor, I'm sowing. I'm not seeing the fruit that I want to see. You're responsibility is to sow. Keep sowing. You keep sowing. It's God's responsibility. A a farmer, all he can do is plant that seed, but he can't make it rain. He can't make it rain. God has to send the rain. The same is true in the Christian life. And let's look more specifically at this verse of Scripture. Keeping in mind, therefore, there's some things that we must consider because of what Christ did for us. We cannot allow, as human nature, to allow our results to determine our actions. And when you see this, and quite frankly, 
there's a lot of compromise in our day, and you can tie it to that. I want to see the. There's a lot of people who want want to. to there's a lot of young people, and I, I want to caution those who, who who God allows to come through our, our the doors of North Florida Baptist College. There's a lot of young people who want a a work to show, but they don't want to build. They don't want to spend a lifetime building it. They want fruit in a life, but they don't want to do what is necessary to build that life. We must continue to sow. Now let's look specifically, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Look at that first word, steadfast. Definition of steadfast is resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. Let me say it like this. Duty requires that we do what we are commanded to do even when the results disappoint us. By the way, duty is not a bad word. And there's some in the Christian circles try and make it one. Um, I'm glad our soldiers serve out of duty. Um, I'm glad Christians are faithful out of duty. It's not always pleasant. It's not always fun. Duty requires that we do what we are commanded to do even when the results disappoint us. A farmer is steadfast to sow his crops with no guarantee that the elements will bring about the desired crops. He is steadfast. It's what he has to do. Let me say it like this as well. The farmer does not plant his crops when he feels like it, rather when he's supposed to. Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. If you only sow in prayer when you feel like it, I mean, I, I don't have any problem being real and transparent. I don't always feel like praying. I can't believe my pastor does it. Yeah, let's talk about you for a minute. We don't always feel like praying. My flesh does not want to pray. My flesh, my mind, and some of you know how my mind works. It's all over the place. It, 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 it's, it's something that I don't always feel, but I have to do it whether I feel like it or not. I don't always feel like reading my Bible, but I have to do it whether I feel like it or not. I don't always feel like being a witness, but I have to do it whether I feel like it or not. We live in a world today in our society, and it's, the, it's one of the downfalls of our society today, well, I don't feel like doing that, so therefore I should, be, I should have any responsibility removed from me. And that's one of the great problems in our society today. It is not reality. No society can withstand that. But it should not be true of a child of God. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us. And so I don't have to fear death. He is coming back. So I need to continue to sow, continue to doing the work of the Lord. I must be steadfast to do that. There's something that God blesses faithfulness. God blesses those who just do what they're supposed to do day in, day out, just continue to plug along. That's why it's one of the reasons why God has blessed this church uh, in so many ways because so many of you have just continued to do, continue to do what you're supposed to do day after day, week after week. You haven't done it perfectly and you haven't always had the right mindset, but you're still here and you're still serving. There's something to that, being steadfast. Firm and unwavering. Uh, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no God, overseer, ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gather her food in the harvest. The ant's pretty steadfast. Un, un, unwavering. 
fulfilling what they're supposed to do. The next word we see, see it there in your Bible, therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable. These sound the same, but they're a little bit different. Unmovable means incapable of being emotionally moved or persuaded. Now, I would say there's a lot of Christians who steadfast, they say, oh, I can handle that. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to show up where I'm supposed to show up. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be unwavering. But immovable is a little bit different because it involves our emotions. It means we're incapable of being emotionally moved or persuaded. I can tell you, as you know, my family moved here when I was six years of age. I grew up in this church. I've been in the ministry for 25 years now. I've seen a lot of things. And I can say tonight that more people have gotten away from the things of God and out of the will of God because they were moved by their emotions than enticed by the sins of this world. And if we are going to continue to sow and continue to to do what we're supposed to do, we've got to be unmovable. Your emotions will betray you. I just feel, hold up. We have, a, our, we have cities being burned down in our country for the last several years because people feel. Well, I just feel that this has been done wrong, or I feel this is your emotions will betray you. And quite frankly, nobody cares about your feelings like you care about your feelings. But unmovable means incapable of being emotionally moved or persuaded. That does not mean you're cold-hearted. But it means that my Savior's coming back and I've got one life and He died on the cross for me and I don't have to fear death and eternity's coming and therefore... I want to continue to do what I'm supposed to do. I want to continue to sow the seed that I'm supposed to sow and use this life, invest in others. I don't want my emotions to sway me. Are you discouraged from doing what you're commanded to do when the results aren't what you expected them to be? Well, this isn't the way I thought it was going to turn out. Did we do it because we thought it was going to turn out a certain way? Did we do it because God expected it of us? None of us could say life turned out exactly as we planned it. But we're supposed to do what God commands us to do regardless of the result. We're to be unmovable, not let our emotions. And at the risk of making some of you upset, and I'll just guard you, I'll warn you before I do, don't let your emotions betray you. Moms, you have a hard time with this than dads do. Well, I think my child has been... What does that have to do with right or wrong? Well, I just, I just think things happen. Okay, you may be right, but that does not give you the reason to ignore what you're supposed to do with me. Well, I just... Somebody at church offended me, so therefore I'm just... 
You know, I just have to stay home and heal. Well, what, what are you going to do with the verse of Scripture that says where you're supposed to be on Sunday? Unmovable. Well, that pastor, he just, he, just, he just hurt my feelings when? Just 30 seconds ago. You know, he, he just, and I just, you know, I just, I just don't, and it just, I, just, I just think you got to be more of a man of love. Our emotions just, they betray us. And it's like I come in here sometimes on nights like tonight and I tell my really funny jokes and, and I get, huh. And I'm like, wow, you, y'all could, you know, be a little more into the service tonight. I mean, I have studied today and I have prepared. And, you know, if you got to go outside and do jumping jacks to get your blood flowing and come back in, whatever, you know, I just, I just don't feel emotionally. These people just don't appreciate me anymore. I'm not supposed to preach so you appreciate me. If I did, I'd change my message a little bit. The point is, we're supposed to be immovable. And we're getting a good dose of reality in our country because America is not as friendly to God and, and Christians as we... As, and I think we're getting the reality of that. And we're much freer than the rest of this world. But don't take that for granted. Paul was unmovable. Wasn't emotional about it. It's right. I'm going to do it. Emotions must not hinder us from doing right even when we are not experiencing the desired results. Yeah, we're supposed to do, well, I mean, if you just change this, and if you change your music a little bit, and if you change this a little bit, then, then there's some people who would come. But God said that there's a way that we're supposed to do things. It doesn't, I, don't, I don't do it to fill a building. I do it because God said do it. Now, in doing it right, it'll work in people and change them from the inside to the outside. And he will build his church. We're just supposed to do what we're supposed to do. There will be times we want to quit, but we must be immovable and keep sowing. I remind you of Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Be immovable. Let's, let's be, and this is the warning, because we have victory in Jesus, therefore... Because of that, therefore, you must, when it comes to working in, in the things of the Lord, be steadfast, unmovable, be careful about your emotions. Be careful about, well, I don't feel like it. I feel like, I feel like I'm not getting fed. No, no, no. You, it, it's the same book. It's the same meal. It's the same diet. You know, we just let our emotions. Um, and I can't, I can't spend too much time on that because... Um, all of you know, God made us with emotions. Pastor, if God didn't want me to be mad, He wouldn't have given me emotions. <sighs> I say to that, if God didn't want me to be frustrated, He would not have given me emotions. No, that's why He gives us a Bible. That's why we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. All of us, we could testify to this, but it's going to be more like it in the future. We're going to have to continue to serve the Lord whether we feel like it. Well, when it, you know, through the whole COVID thing, we, we, we had, I mean, I'm, a, I'm afraid, okay. But what's the Bible say we're supposed to do? What's the Bible say? Who's the Bible say we're supposed to trust? Well, uh, people are really, I understand that. 
And what are we, we're, it's not about well, everything's supposed to be perfect, so then I can serve God. It's, no, it's in spite of all the things that we face and feel, I'm going to be unmovable. I'm not going to let my emotions move me. That third word we see there, always abounding. I love the Bible, and in, 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 in every single word is their own purpose. We're going to focus on the word abounding, but the Bible says always abounding. This is something we're always supposed to do. The word abounding means to occur, exist in great quantities or numbers. Just give it all you have. I'm going to, I'm saving some of my strength. Well, give it all you have. This is where many fail, many Christians fail. Good harvest come from abundant sowing. So if I want, to use as an example, I want a lot of answered prayers, then I should pray a lot of prayers. But not every prayer is going to be answered as I expect it to be answered. I have a desire. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see every person in Jacksonville, Florida, trust Christ as their Savior? Yeah, that would be an amazing thing. So, if that is going to happen, what should we do? We should sow. Pastor, we're... <laughs> Pastor, you're letting your emotions get the best of you. You just said, don't let your emotions... And now you're saying, out of 1.4 million people, everybody... I didn't know. And everybody we witness to is not going to get saved. So if I want to see... and thankful to the Lord how week in and week out this building is full and the growth that God has given and will continue to give. You and I both know, all of us know, that everybody we talk to is not coming. I can't tell you how many times somebody comes up to me on Sunday and says, someone so promised me to come, I don't see him yet. So what do we do? We ask a whole lot of people to come. We sow a whole lot of seed. As a pastor, I want to help a lot of people. I'm willing to invest my strength, my time, my life into a lot of people. But not everybody is going to appreciate what I would offer them. Not everybody is going to take my counsel. Not everybody is going to listen to every message I preach. Not everybody is going to submit themselves to the things that we all should submit ourselves. So my mindset is, I just want to do a whole lot of that. I want to invest in anybody that I can invest in. I want to pray for everyone that I can pray for. I, I, want, to, I want to help anybody that I can help. I'll give, I'll give counsel. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give advice from the Word of God to anybody who will hear it. Anybody who will come and and listen to the messages, and, and thankfully we have a lot who, who, who listen through other, other means, and that's my heart and my spirit, but I'm not so naive to think that everybody, every service is walking out saying, that's exactly what I'm going to do, that's exactly what I'm going to be, but I'm still going to invest in as many people as I can invest in. Well, Pastor, I had so-and-so in my Sunday school class, and, and I poured myself into them, and, and then they didn't do everything that they know they should have do. Well, well, go invest in somebody else. Yeah. 
sow seed in somebody else. Pastor, I, I witnessed to my, my neighbor and, and they wouldn't get saved. Well, you sowed the seed and Lord willing, somebody will water that seed and then somebody will reap it one day. And, and I believe there will be a lot of people in heaven that we never saw or knew that got saved, that that's exactly what happened. But the point is, we're supposed to abound. How do we abound if we don't keep, keep sowing seed and sowing seed and sowing seed? And Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't want to be in ministry. I don't want to do those things because I don't want people to hurt me. That's the, that's the reality. That's people. And I'm not going to rob myself of the joy of giving my life to God, sowing and sowing and sowing after what Jesus did for me. I want to abound. And the only way I can abound is I have to sow and sow and sow and sow. A lot of times aggressive soul-winning churches are criticized for the abundance of seed they sow. Instead of being applauded for a good harvest. Well, you know, those churches, you know, all they do is sow seed. Well, that's what the Bible says to do, is to sow seed. I want to sow, Colossians 3.23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. 2 Corinthians 9.6, we're running out of time. You can write this reference down. I already referenced this, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Aren't you thankful that when you pray a prayer because of our salvation through Jesus, we have access to the very throne of God? We said, oh, it's talking to God. No, think about that for just a moment. The Almighty God whose ways are above our ways, the Almighty God who spoke at the millions upon millions of stars into existence and named every one of them. The very God who a sparrow does not fall without his, Him being aware. The God who knows everything about us and the God who is not bound by time. The omniscient one, when we pray... Because of our salvation through Jesus, we, that prayer enters into the very presence of God. What a thought that if I pray one prayer, He hears it. But if I pray two prayers, three prayers, four prayers, I can talk to God as much as I want to talk to God. I can take one need I have to him. Or I can take a whole bunch. What an awesome thought to think if I pray one prayer, I get one answer. But if I pray a multitude of prayers, that is seed being sown. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Sadly, in, in life of, of many Christians, the reason why they don't have more answered prayers is just simply more seed is not being sown. The reason a lot of times as, as a church that we don't have the, the results that we have and not everybody's going to get saved. And by the way, let me remind us of this. Just because somebody gets saved and, 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 and they, they take that first step, but then, they, then you never see them, it doesn't mean they didn't get saved. Not everybody is going to go as far as God wants them to go and as far as we like for them to go. But how we build a church and how the Lord asks you the church is we just sow a lot of seed. Not everybody who tells you they're going to come on Sunday is going to come on Sunday. 
So what do we do? We need to talk to a lot of people. You can put your life into an individual, and you should. And I encourage, and many of you, you've already reared your children. That doesn't mean there's not others that you can invest your life into, whether it be your grandchildren or those that maybe don't have godly parents, those that don't have those things. It's investing and investing because I believe one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be amazed at what God did with the seed that we sow. What God did with just us, I'm just going to live my life. Well, this is a negative world and this is a world that doesn't believe. That has nothing to do. The message is still the truth. The message should still be proclaimed, and we ought to proclaim it more than we've ever proclaimed it, and just sow that seed. Well, I just want to see some reaping. To reap, you have to sow. Now, this is, I've said all of that to drive this one point home. It's none of what some of you are thinking. Pastor, you should have just said that one point, and we could go home. Notice verse 58. Now, we've established what is being talked about in 1 Corinthians 15. What Paul is reminding us of, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, remember this, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's a, that's, that's a command for all of us. You see it? Now watch this. For as much as you know, This helps me. I don't know if it helps you. It helps me that your labor is not in vain. Friend, when God says something, it is an absolute. There is no sting of death. The grave does not hold because of what Jesus did. When God says something, it's an absolute. And I have a promise in verse 58. And it does not say in that verse that if you labor and if you sow that seed and if you're, if you're, if you, if you're unmovable and steadfast and abounding, you will see the reaping of a great harvest. That's not what it says. It doesn't mean we won't see that harvest. But I believe in my whole heart, we will not see all the harvest on this side of eternity. That's not what I should be pursuing. I should be sowing the seed. Because God tells me, whether you see it or not, your labor is not in vain. I can only imagine what... Our God in heaven thinks when he looks down and he sees God pe- God's people just being faithful, just doing what they're supposed to do, whether the world acknowledges it, whether another person notices it, whether there's any quote-unquote fruit from it, this is what God expects of me. And a mom faithfully every day does what a mom's supposed to do, and a dad faithfully every day he does what he's supposed to do and provides for his family and gets them to the house of God and does the best that he can do and just faithful and sows that seed and sows that seed. And sometimes... we. We say things like this. Oh, a brother so-and-so, the Lord took him home and he never saw the fruits of his labor. Well, on the other side, he's going to see the fruits of his labor. But I have a promise that whether I see a harvest or not, my labor is not in vain. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to be reminded of that. That the labor for the Lord, we don't do it for man's applause. We live in a world today that if you're laboring for the Lord, you're not going to get man's applause. But my labor is not in vain. God will use it. He will be faithful. See, Pastor, explain all that. I can't. But I just know that God says my labor is not in vain. Don't. We, we, become, we become very careful. We do the things the Bible tells us to do as a parent, as a Christian, as a church, and we, we invest in it. We, we spend our life and we say, well, I've done all of this and I just don't see any results. What do you mean you don't see any results? Well, I just, it just seems like they're not getting it or, or just, this is all I have to show for it. No, God says your labor is not in vain. That is a promise. Our work is never wasted. Can you imagine a farmer looking out over his fields? Crops everywhere. Sitting there thinking, those seeds that didn't yield anything. What a waste of my time. Oh, no, he's rejoicing and seeing that harvest sticking out of the field. I wish everybody I prayed for, I wish I'd see the results of it now. I wish everybody I gave the gospel to bowed their head and prayed. I wish that every counsel that I gave would be heeded. Every warning that I gave would be heeded. But it's not. But on this side of eternity, I can, if I can point to one, that's a harvest. That's reaping. But if we don't see anything, God says our labor is not in vain. You know, Jesus is coming back. And with things that have happened in the last couple of years, certainly there's a lot of talk and Nothing wrong with it, man. Everything's lining up. The signs are all there. Everything's there. So what? if that's true, then we need to be sowing. We need to be busy. We need to be more steadfast than we've ever been. We need to be unmovable, abounding. I, I, I want to see a lot for my effort. But then i got to sow a lot of seed. Uh, labor's not in vain. Labor's not in vain. Sometimes we look and say, well, I just, I gave my whole life to the Lord and I just don't know what there is to show for it. We haven't got to the good stuff yet. We haven't, we haven't seen the harvest yet. God gives us just a little bit down here. We see the results because God does bless. But there's going to be, a, there's going to be the reaping on the other side and there's going to be crowns given that we can cast at our Savior's feet because we were faithful to sow because that's all He asked us to do. He never asked us to be responsible for the reaping. He allows us to reap those benefits we have to sow. Friend tonight, let's keep our eyes on the sow. Let's just keep sowing. Let's just keep saying, well, I've been praying for this. Keep praying. 
keep praying. Well, he hadn't asked my prayer. You don't know that. Reminded of the book of Daniel, and God sent the answer. And there was a spiritual war going on. Keep praying, keep praying, keep sowing. Well, it's heartbreaking when somebody you invest in, they turn their back on all that. Keep sowing, keep sowing. How long do I keep sowing? Well, Paul puts it in the context of there's no sting in death. So I guess we can draw a conclusion there that until our death, we're going to continue to labor for the Lord. Let's labor for the Lord. Bus worker, you're not going to build a bus route unless you labor. Sunday school teacher, you're not going to build a Sunday school class unless you labor. You're not going to rear kids that would bring honor to the Lord unless you labor. That little baby's fun and cute and ah, oh. Those of us that know, we know. It's labor. It's worth it, but it's labor. Let's keep, keep sewing. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, and certainly we have our hope in Him, salvation through Him. Father, what a privilege to use our days, to use our strength, to use our abilities, laboring for You, sowing that seed. And Father, may we continue to sow in the days ahead. We sow with the gospel. We sow with prayer. We sow by pouring our life into someone else. And Father, I pray that you would just continue to strengthen your people. And Father, may uh, we just continue to be faithful until Christ's return. And Father, may we be faithful to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll be dismissed and look forward to a good weekend. I remind you of uh, visitation of soul winning tomorrow night and then Saturday morning, 930, right here if you're able to be here. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of time together, and then the bus workers will go in uh, the Sunday school and all the visitation. And I look forward to a good day on Saturday and then a great day on Sunday. I pray for these classes as they get started back up again. And uh, the pumpkin pie, Sunday night. And so we look forward to a good pumpkin pie fellowship. And uh, then, say, you know, then you know, the next Sunday we'll figure out what kind of pie we want to have that Sunday and so on and so forth. Until Christ, and we're going to sow a lot of seed. That's what we're going to do. So uh, let's pray for one another. Pray for the requests that I mentioned, but let's, let's certainly be faithful in that area. Brother French. As we're dismissed, let's sing out on the chorus, Everything's All Right. Everything's All Right.